Welcome to Bruins Source. This is Isaiah. This is us. And we are recording, which is good news. <laughs> it uh, is good news. Um, I mean, hell of a first weekend around, you know, just uh, the whole tournament was... I think it delivered on the parody of this season and how we felt it was going to happen. I don't know if we necessarily had any buzzer beaters, but I don't know if we needed them. Uh, a lot of these games are just wild all the way down to the last one on Sunday, but we survived. We advanced. Um, Akron, how did how did you feel last Thursday? I was mad. I, I thought we were toast after that game. I, I didn't think we were going to win it to begin with. Um, it was just a sloppy game. We did not execute well. We did not defend super well to start the game, and we could not buy a bucket. Like we just we could not execute on offense, um, and it was super frustrating to watch. the The team, besides Jaime Jaquez, looked fairly lethargic um, until uh, at the very end. Until Jules Bernard and Tiger Campbell decided to wake up and hit some big shots. But other than that, it was a very frustrating game. Um, and partially credit due to Akron there for putting together an excellent game plan that really limited our offense. I think they played really well, played really hard, and it wasn't just our guys not playing well. It was also Akron um defending their asses off for the entirety of that game. And they're sneaky athletic. I think that was something that I didn't realize about them until I actually watched that game. I was like, those guys were, they have some players there. Um, but it was overall still very frustrating to watch. Um, but, you know, the name of the game, Survive in Advance, and we did it. So, um, yeah. Yeah. It was definitely one of the lackluster um, performances by, I mean, we consider ourselves a contender. We also know we were a bit underseated, but it was that. It was, you know, it was one of those, you don't want to call a trap game for the tournament a trap game, but it felt like we were clear favorites. I think we were 15 spread. Um, there was talks of Akron. Obviously, even them making it uh, to the tournament with a little bit of help through suspensions of the other team in the championship. So no one was really giving them even a puncher's chance to, to keep it close. And they came out, and like you said, credit to them, they played like it was their championship. Uh, Mick said something uh, interesting in the presser where he was talking about how like these teams, you know, our guys have to readjust because some of these teams play for March. And what I mean by play for March is they – they get to March and they're ready to play every single game as as if it's their championship. It didn't feel that way for us. We kind of just we were sluggish to start. Came in, uh, they they hit us in the mouth with their obviously well schemed game plan, and we didn't really adjust till the last few minutes and enough to 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 come back and pull away. Um, especially with a big shot by Tiger, uh, which became kind of the stamp of that game. The 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 logo three pointer. Yeah, his, uh, I mean, his range, I just feel like by next year he'll be shooting Dame, uh, more so Trey Young. He gets lift like Trey Young. Uh, Dame has a little bit more lift, but yeah, it was, it was cool to see Tiger put a stamp on it, um, and pull us out of a very, uh, lackluster, low energy game. 
Um, yeah, I, and I will say, I think, Mick making that comment, he, he should know about that since that's kind of almost how we play sometimes is we we lock in for March, at least the last year we did, and it seems like we're finally kind of doing that now. So, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, that game, was, that game sucked. It was very frustrating. The only other thing I want to shout out is uh, Watson. It was good to see him, you know, get a few points, and he got in, he drove in and then did his little fallback fadeaway that he, that's becoming a kind of not of a signature because he hasn't got enough reps or shots up, but I seem that seems to be reliable in terms of that. And then he hit an open three, which was cool to see. So he uh, played important minutes there too. I think he came off the bench and in those final minutes. Um, really sparked the team. I, I, I thank you for shouting him out. I think he deserves a lot of credit there. Um, not only did he hit those two shots, but he also played a lot of a good, energetic defense in his minutes there. So, um, it's good to finally see him becoming a contributor immediately right now, and I think he's earning Mick's trust a little bit more and becoming a weapon off the bench, and that's exactly what we need from him right now. Yeah, I mean, this team, he's 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 insurance for exactly, you know, our, our plethora of wings who each give something different. I think he gives something different as well that is invaluable and rare in this, not only in this team, but uh, in this tournament moving forward. Yeah, You can't definitely. replace that. Um, so, on the other side, we had a five seed St. Mary's, which dismantled um, an Indiana team, which came out later. I think it came out after the game. Um, that Indiana obviously had some travel troubles, and that affected their. I don't know if it's their circadian rhythm. I don't know how deep they went into it, but the fact is that Indiana <laughs> was impacted, and uh, for that, St. Mary's just. They seemed to roll after what? I think it was like nineteen twenty one. Like it was a game for what, ten minutes and then Saint Mary's just completely obliterated uh that team. I don't even think I watched the last ten minutes. I turned to another game. Um, it was a boring I was like, game. I, yeah, I was like, I think I got Saint Mary's figured out. There's this dude, the ball dude, the Adam Morrison dude, the dude <laughs> that uh Cronin had recruited. Uh... <laughs> And and it looks kind of like logic if he had hair, so <laughs> you know we had all these just the the whitest team probably besides BYU and the West Coast uh, in, in outside of Oakland, just very well played, orchestrated, just smart basketball. I so don't know I, about I mean, that though. Well, I was watching one of the games Wisconsin was in. And I don't remember who they were playing, but it looked like it was like 1940s basketball. <laughs> it was just a bunch of like really pale white dudes running around. And I was like, what is going on here? <laughs> were they actually playing or were they just running around? Uh, I mean, they were playing. <laughs> if you can call whatever Wisconsin was doing playing. but Yeah, Wisconsin with an early exit. But I mean, I guess they had the same exit as St. Mary's. Anyways, this is not to to be a, a bash pale white dudes teams because they did go out in the round thirty two. Um, That's UCLA's <laughs> kryptonite, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you know, we were, I think most of us were going into that game just accepting the fact that we may lose to this team because they look sharp. However, 
I do want to say, I've been, besides this Indiana game that almost flipped me, I felt that St. Mary's was a good draw. Um, I want to say that. I think it's on record. And, uh, I, you know, things changed over a weekend, obviously, with a team that seemed like they were solid. But I was like, well, we'll see. You know, they haven't played any good competition besides Gonzaga. And, yeah, they got to win about that. But let's see how they do in a tourney against a tough-minded UCLA which obviously just had a letdown game, but as we know, this team's inconsistent. You follow the pattern, and hopefully this doesn't follow in our preview, but you follow a pattern. We play like shit down to our competition, and we show up against a team that has a bit of hype. Um, so here we did. Here we are. Um, St. Mary's. I mean, it, it, that game was interesting because again I, we were expecting more saint mary's fans uh and that's just because of our nep- nepotism of you know our fan base showing up but it, it was 65 35 according to you know our favorite la times writer um ben bulch and uh yeah i i think this game for the most part went the way it went and in 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 and how we hoped it went like we sustained their barrage of threes uh there's a few open threes at the beginning um but it just seemed like we were able to have those stretches where we locked down and uh i i, I mean i would i'm curious to hear what you thought about it what were your emotions going through and what did you see the first 10 minutes i was like we're cooked uh we gave up too many a few too many open looks that i i was afraid of um, but we really just locked in after that and we disrupted their offense. They really could not get clean looks off anywhere. And, and surprisingly, shockingly, a lot of that was due to Cody Riley somehow just deciding to play incredible defense. Like, he there were certain sequences where I think he was on Logan Johnson or Kusi, their their point guard, and was just sticking on these smaller, quicker guys and just like playing lockdown D on them. And it was just like my mouth, I think, was just like dropped to the ground. I was like, "Where's this guy been all season? Like, who 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 is this?" It well, was did, just. Did you- did you see the post before the eleven out of ten where he was feeling swaggy? And I was like, "All right, what is this?" The team was hyping him up. I think if we do that every game, they're walking through the tunnel. <laughs> it was just like, "Oh," and they're you know they're giving him shit for his outfit, which was completely just didn't make any sense. His workout, he just had layers of game on, and it was like, "How would you rate it?" He was like eleven out of ten. So I think he was in the right state of mind going into this game. Um, if we could do something like that, just hype up Riley going into the tunnel. He was he was incredible on defense. Um, yeah, let's let him keep dressing weird and let him keep giving him a shit for it. Yeah. Love it. Um, so that was that was nice to see. Um, I was also happy to see Johnny in the second half wake up a little bit. Uh, he had a myriad of of very open jumpers that he was able to knock down and get open for to knock down. Uh, so that was encouraging. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, overall I was just, I was shocked. I really didn't think we were going to win this game by 16 points, let alone win it at all. Um, you know, after Akron, I was just like, Oh, this is, 
this is the end. I fully expect to lose this to this team. And the funny part was that it was like we had become the trendy upset pick there too, right? Like everybody was betting against us. Um, well, Vegas made some money that night. Oh, for sure. And it wasn't just, just the betting lines. I think a lot of the quote-unquote national pundits were talking about how we were going to lose and SMC's better, blah, 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 you know, all that thing. Um, but, you know, just looking at how we played against Akron, I was like, ugh, this is going to be not great. Um, the only negative about this game was after Jaime Jaquez basically picked them apart with his old man game for most of it, he ended up turning his ankle um, and had to be kind of helped off the, the court. He was walking with a huge limp, and he did eventually come back out onto the court uh, with a big big ice pack on his ankle, and that injury has now made all of Bruin Nation into orthopedic experts over the last three or four days. Um, I can basically become an orthopedic surgeon at this point. I've done so much research on this. Like, who needs med school? WebMD's got me, and I think he's going to play. I've done the analysis. I think I've you done know, the analysis. I, I, you know, I had a few drinks by the time he injured his foot, so I was a little. Um, I was. I mean, I, I clearly watched it on TV and I saw how he tweaked it, and I've been there myself. Granted, I haven't been there as a. D1 high major blue blood playing, um, you know, best player of the team, uh, Ford, uh, who's also played on two bad ankles since for like what two plus two months, two the months plus season but, at this point. Yeah, so I didn't, but I saw what he did, and I wasn't, you know, I wasn't, I was like, he's all right, he's all right. Yeah, that's how I felt. I was yelling at him in the bar, I was like, he's okay. And then he laid on the ground and he winced, and I was like, oh, I, I think he's okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was like, all right, he's he's out this game, you know, but he'll be all right. <laughs> I just stuck to that. <laughs> I was like, we don't, we, you know, we got seven minutes left. We're all right. Um, you know, but I just felt his pain when, you know, he walked off and I'm hoping, and it sounds like, yeah, like you said, everybody has virtually, um, with their own eyes have seen it and, and told us the diagnosis, which is, which is cool to see, but it looks like the pain was more so than the structural damage. And so as he's working through that, hopefully not much swelling. My biggest concern is how does it do over the flight? You know, I know we know Hame walks, uh, which is something Zed's getting to, to trend on the Bruin space. But um, how does it do after a flight with, you know, the different impression, difference in pressures? And I think they're in Philly already. Uh, yeah, they, unless they, if they're on a plane still, that would be an issue because they left yesterday. But um, yep. so and, and you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to updates today and tomorrow and see if he's going to practice. But it'll be an adjustment. I mean, I think it'll add maybe a, a different wrinkle in, in our game with Clark starting and Hame, you know, just being the old man uh, pickup game that he's he killed Washington with and and killed uh, Arizona State with and in that respect. And hopefully he brings that out and, and he can just limit himself and not go too hard. I think Ju Zhang and the others are going to have to compensate with the rebounding. Ju Zhang had eight rebounds this last game, and he helped him there. You know, obviously we, we, we grip about his defense, but he is a pretty solid uh, rebounder. 
Um, so I, I think there are ways to help Hame be effective, but not rely too much on him to exacerbate the injury. Because we don't, you know, I, I would prefer to have him limited these two games and have, and I say two games and I'll get to the preview, uh, then put him out there, have him risk even further injury. Um, you know, him going full blown speed. I guess you can't tell, tell the young guy, you know, how, how to play, but. I'm not too concerned about it, is my point. Um, it's Look, just a matter of, a I've matter watched, of uh, watching him. I mean, yeah. No, that's, that's, a, that's all fair. I've watched every single video of him in the past three days. It does not like, look like he's limping at all. It doesn't even look like he has, like, it's swollen or iced or you know, wrapped or anything. He's just, he's walking around on it full weight with... Really, the, the guy went to Camarillo. How do you think he got there? He and it was his right foot, so he was definitely driving <laughs> with his right foot. Look, there's videos of him walking from the bus or to the bus. There's videos of him in the weight room. He's clearly working out. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. The flight is going to be something to watch out for. Um, hopefully, nothing happened to his ankle while he was flying with the pressure. Um, but I think lar- largely it's going to be pain management for him. I don't think there's anything structurally injured. But uh, the guy's a warrior. We know that. Mick already said if he can walk, he's going to play. I-, I know people are still um, looking for the 100% confirmation. But from everything I've seen, he is walking, and I think he's going to absolutely play. Of course, to your point, how limited will he be? I don't know. I think it's just going to be about pain management and knowing him, he's going to play through regardless and um, hopefully be even, you know, 75% as effective as he was, has, as he has been. Um, Cause we're going to need him to be um, for UNC. Um, which brings us to the sweet 16 preview against another blue blood, um, North Carolina. Uh, Philly. We are in Philly. Um, as some of our 12 listeners know that I live in New York, so there's a little bit of hoorah about, you know, how many Bruins are going out to Philly, but it sounds like we're going to have a good, good amount they have even an event outside so i like the tone that's being set by the athletic department um especially countering the east coast blue blood in north carolina which is going to show up strong because they're everywhere i mean i was walking around new york earlier in the day and that baylor unc game i just ended up at a random bar and it was just packed with tar Heels. so those guys come in deep um and they have every reason to because their team is smoking hot and I wouldn't say a favor to make the Final Four, but not surprising anymore after they took down uh, Baylor. Survived. Well, it was a it was a you know a split game in terms of what happened, but they were up big for a good portion. They just seemed dominant, and obviously Baylor being a number one seed and the defending championship gave all they could to climb back into it um, with a press, but. So yeah, now we're facing uh, Hubert Davis, first year coach. Uh, he is. It's it's interesting because this team has such 
a, a really nice offense, one of the best in the ACC in terms of how they move the ball. Uh, they gotten better over the year. You know, it, what's we can't forget that we almost played them um, before our COVID cancellations. And I think it was the second game that was canceled that week. Yeah, um, after uh, after Alabama State, and here we are. We got a rematch, unintentional, which is kind of cool to see. Um, we get them. They're a little. They're they're a lot more better than what they're playing as you know back in December. But we have the same guys that we're playing. And so instead of doing a preview in December, here we are in March. And we're going against, you know, Love, who, I mean, Love was a five-star coming out. And he had an, a, a solid freshman year, but he seems to be coming on. Had a hell of a game his first game um, against Marquette. I mean, he was just on fire. And then uh, last game he fouled out, but he was very solid for the most part. And then R.J. Davis, who, you know, is actually, I found out, is a Cronin recruit uh, for Cincinnati. And, um, yeah, and then uh, they got two guys on the wings, Leaky Black, which Zed, I think I'm he, fucking scared looks, of that guy, man. <laughs> Zed is shaking in his boots. He's quaking. Um, Leaky Black is interesting. Again, another talented wing. Any dude named um, Leaky Black is scary as fuck. Yeah, and then th- that's the thing. And then you got Manic, the transfer from Oklahoma, um, who is seeming to have a Juzang-like spark from last year. And I don't want to say Juzang yet, but he's 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 on he's trending that way um, because he was a killer during Baylor. I mean, this whole team has just shown that they're able to score. Um, so between that. And I, and I even mentioned their big guy, which is arguably their best player in Baycott. Baycott tested NBA waters last year, and he decided to come back um, and play for Davis. Uh, and you know, these this is a talented team. I think you know it's interesting them coming in. They're still twenty six and nine, and ACC, funny enough, was was kind of underseated this year, which is saying something for conferences usually the best. Um, in the national media's eyes, but yeah, UNC again won twenty five games in the regular season. Like they are a good team, and they beat Duke uh, beautifully uh, to end Coach K's career at, at Cameron. So these guys have a lot of emotional. There's a lot of emotion there in terms of confidence and knowing that they can compete with a lot of people. They beat Michigan earlier in the year, but also now they they're feeling they seem to get their groove and. It is going to be a tough matchup. Now, the one thing that's held against them is how do they handle the press and their depth, right? And those are two things, um, especially the press. The press is interesting to me because Baylor's so good at it. You can't really say that, okay, they just can't handle the press because Baylor's press is something else. They have these athletes. They're, they're used to, you know pulling back in within teams as long as they implement this. And North Carolina obviously choked up a few, uh, not just a few, but enough to, to let Baylor back in the game and uh, end up in overtime. I'm not sure our press is going to be that way. I'm not sure we need it. I think the biggest thing for us going into this game is controlling the tempo and how, what do we do for Baycott um, and Manic. Those are two. I'm not concerned about Leaky as much, uh, but don't sleep Manic on him. Don't sleep Manic. on him. <laughs> Zed's uh, 
Zed's just gonna be like that that leaky dude. Um, and I told Zed, I was like, this guy sounds like I'm telling you a Chicago's untouchable gangster, um, it, or maybe like a, a a bootlegger. It's just it's hilarious that they have a name, a guy named Leaky Black on their team in 2022. Most one of the best names in college basketball. But that aside, I am hoping that Clark shuts down Manic. Um, and our, you know, Jules and Tiger just goes at Baycott and we're able to get him out of foul trouble and kind of open up the ISO game, control the tempo and let our guys go to work. I mean, that is obviously the most optimistic side and we just got to hit them fast and hit them hard at the beginning because these guys, as soon as they start rolling and they're hitting threes, it's a matter of us climbing out of it. And I don't want to be in that position. It. Yeah, um, I, I I think UNC coming into the tournament was pretty hot, and I think they were definitely underseeded. And I, I had them in my bracket beating Baylor just because I, they're a much better team than they were given credit for all season. Um, for some whatever reason, they didn't get the respect to even be ranked uh, for a lot of the season, which was absurd to me, but... They are a good team, like and like you pointed out, they have a lot of talent. Um, we need to make sure. So there's gonna be two things here. I think, obviously, Jaime's health. How much can he do, um, like defensively and offensively? Um, ideally, if he's at you know a hundred percent or even eighty to ninety percent strength. Uh, he's going to probably, for a lot of this game, uh, guard Manic, I would think. Um, but also, it would be great to get switches with him on Baycott and go to work on Baycott and just, like, punk fake the shit out of him. Um, the other thing with this, this uh, UNC team specifically is I, I don't know how mentally strong this team is. I think the the running narrative around them is if you shake them up and you punch them in the mouth early, um, they become a beatable, very very beatable team. They kind of fall apart. They don't have the 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 mental fortitude necessarily to or the toughness to kind of overcome that initial punch and um, play at a high level. So so there's that aspect of it, and I'm. I'm hoping we do not come out flat against this team because this is a team that we need to, to again punch in the mouth early, and and like you mentioned, you're you're absolutely spot on about the the tempo. We need to make this game slow and ugly. They like to run. We do not do well running, even though we sometimes try to do it, and it's usually um, ugly. <laughs> We're not a good running team, but defensively, if we can slow this team down. I don't think they're very good in the half court. Like they just they're not a half court team. I don't think their offense runs as smoothly. Uh and I though they're a lot easier to defend. Ideally, we get Baycott in early foul trouble by going at him. I think that's a something that we should try to do. I don't know if we'll successfully be able to do it, but um we need to definitely try to do that. And I don't know if, uh, if Miles is going to start on him or if we're hoping that Riley stays in peak defensive form. Unsure, but... Um, it's going to be Riley this time around. I do think Cronin's 
uh, he was, he just still rides on how Riley performed last year, um, and he's hoping that he's got that back. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, it'll be obviously split minutes. I think he's going to have Miles in there for size. But to get the offense going, he's going to want to have Riley in there. Yeah, I was just going to say, whoever's in there needs to rebound the ball. We need to all rebound the ball, I think. You know, Jules is a, from the guard position, always rebounds well. Um, you mentioned earlier, Juzang's rebounding well. Jaime usually rebounds well. Um, when Clark or Peyton are in there, we need to make sure they get, you know, or crashing the boards, hopefully, because I, I don't want to leave, you don't want to leave UNC with a bunch of second chances. They will eventually make you pay, so... It's it's going to be a good game. I think it's it's a, it's scary to match up against a very hot team like that with a lot of talent that I think was, and I think to some degree feels disrespected at this point too, right? Um, but I think if we can we can punch him in the mouth early, we have a very very good shot of winning this game. Uh, the other thing I'll mention is hopefully Juzang builds on his last game. Um, if we can, he can keep playing at a high offensive level, then we have a very good chance of winning this game. But it's going to yeah. be tough. It isn't going to be like, a, oh, we're, we're you know clearly seated much higher and we're going to breeze by this team. This is a very, like you said, under-seated team probably. So it's no surprise and, and, that they beat Baylor. And, and under-seated in the same way that we're under-seated. There's, there's a common thread if you look at um, – these teams that the even season are are our bracket. I guess that's not really the case on the other side, but um, their higher seeds and they're underseeded, you know, for their group of of their numbers. So uh, North Carolina came in as the best eighth seed, and we, you know, most of us agree that they they would have beaten the breaks off of USC, um, who was a seven seed or any other seven seeds. I just wanted to take a shot at USC, so let me get that off. Um, <clears throat> You know, in that sense, so they're on the other side of the bracket. I think they got a bad draw in terms of uh, you know the teams they have to play, play, and and if they get out of it, I mean, obviously we don't want them to UCLA, but it speaks again to our argument and solidifies that that these are two blue bloods. Funny enough, underseeded for and we're playing these other schools who just haven't uh, completely pulled it together by this time. So. I think it's going to be one of the most entertaining matchups of the Sweet 16. Um, definitely would probably have the most eyes. I mean, besides Coach K's little whatever, goodbye. Who? Who? Exactly. Um, the real North Carolina school is on the other side, and we're playing them. It's going to be fun. I love that this matchup's happening, happening in Sweet 16. Um, and, and with that, you know, if we get past, let's talk about if – I don't want to say when, but... I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. Well, when are we going to record? We got to talk about it. What are we, uh, what are we doing? Because I know I'm uh, not going to record if we beat UNC. I won't. Um, what do, if. So, this is a big think, if. That's actually not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. Zed is scared of the St. Peter's boys, and he has every reason to because they are looking I'm good. scared of the jinx. I'm scared of the jinx. <laughs> They were looking good. Um, St. Peter's and Purdue. We don't have to go too in-depth about it, but I just want to say that. The winner of our game will play St. Peter's or Purdue. Um, on Sunday in the Elite Eight. And um, 
you know, Purdue's a heavy favorite against St. St. Peter's. I expect them to, to, to do exactly. And their Cinderella streak. I saw that guy. I think you just posted it recently. Eater got the Buffalo Wild Wings uh, deal, which is pretty cool. I mean, that's what this is about. Like, the NIL, like, we can have a conversation about that and how crazy it's getting, especially with Nico's deal with Tennessee of $8 million. But on the side, like, someone literally wins two basketball games and he gets on the radar for a big corporation to get a deal. Like, that's pretty awesome. Um and so, anyways, besides that, that ma- little tangent, that that, uh, that mustache is mad marketable, man. It is. So if you're out there and you got you you got the jeans, make sure you grow it out before a big moment before you're on TV. Find your look. That's what I'll say. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, Jaden Ivy is uh, I. He's a hell of a player. I think him and uh, Benedict Matherin are the best wings out there. Um, and, and in the country and I like Ivy's for, you know, different reasons. I think he has such a crazy offensive arsenal. He's also not and, a punk. He's not a punk. And, you know, he's just a hard player from Indiana and, you know, blue collar worker, uh, Hoosier. Well, not a Hoosier and cause he's a boilermaker, but still Indiana, um, resident. But, you know, with this team, they are big and if we play them, um, if again, it's going to be St. Not if we're not. This is just a preview of the two teams that the winner of our game will play. This is not yes, an if the, we play them. So if we, if the winner happens to be us, <laughs> nope. um There's no scenario. We're not talking about our team being <laughs> in this scenario. Oh, Zed, you should have you should have told the NCAA give us some time between more time between these rounds um so we can (laughs) go ahead and process and record uh anyways the point is purdue's good they got two good guys uh one of them's just big so i don't know if he's good yeah i think he's good he is very good he he's the type of big that he's somehow even bigger than miles johnson right like he's a huge dude he's historically big he's the biggest player in Big Ten history, like the tallest, he's seven four. I mean, the dude is a, a tank. And he's so, also an athlete. He's not like a lumbering, goofy seven four. You know, some of those seven four guys are a little awkward. Like he, he can move and actually play. Like he's very good. Yeah. So you got him, and then you got the four Trevion Williams. And yeah, this Purdue team is pretty scary. I am more concerned about them than North Carolina if we beat North Carolina, but we're not saying uh, that. <laughs> um, but this is going to be a tough game. I think this is you know when things really pick up in terms of that. Again, this is a team we can you know that doesn't have the best defense. Ironically, when you have a a seven four dude for some reason, you know the perimeter uh, suffers so. There will be. It's interesting to see. I'm I'm curious to see how Palmer and Lewis are are scouting both of these teams, um, and it would be a blessing if we played St. Peter's. Even though those guys, they're what are we? What are you talking about? We're not playing anyone. Are the winner of our game of the season? Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's that's kind of our half-ass preview on the Elite Eight. Uh, you know, I'm just looking forward to hopefully recording next week. Um, 
and recording before we fly off to New Orleans because I know I'm ready to go. And I don't know uh, what you're talking it, about. Zed's going to he's going to kick my ass after this uh if we don't end up in New Orleans. But the point is is that we have two tough matchups. Um I'm not know, counting I'm not counting St. Peter's out of that. I know obviously Purdue is the better team, more talented team. But who fucking knows at this point? They've already beat Kentucky. They they have you know, they have guys that have heart and you never know. Um and that's what makes a tournament fun. You always have the one or two Cinderella teams and they are easily that Cinderella team this year um, with a coming from a very tiny school in, in Jersey City just coming in kicking ass so I'm I'm rooting for Doug Edert man I, I hope they can knock Purdue off regardless of what happens with us I just want them to win um, that game because that would be awesome yeah and so here we are um, I think it's a thrilling matchup that's happening. Um, you know, this this Sweet 16 has everything when you think about it. You got the Blue Bloods, you got the Cinderella's, you got Coach K's, the the coaches tour, you got, I mean... An Arizona team that didn't deserve to win. Yeah, you got that matchup, the athletes matchup. Um, hopefully, I mean, that would be great if they lose. Uh, although, the part of me wants them in a the championship, but that's obviously getting greedy here. No, Since I want them blue. to. I want. We are all cougars on Thursday night. <laughs> you know where Zed will be on Thursday. Just I'm going to eyes Houston. to TV. Or, He's going to Houston. <laughs> the, the game's in San Antonio, I think. Yeah, but you're flying to Houston, <laughs> and then you're driving over. I might to see that L. I might. I might buy Houston gear if they win. I would not be surprised. Um, but here we are. Um, it's March. I, I, what I want to last say, uh, here is that it feels good to make it to the second weekend. I'm hoping this is the standard going forward. Um, for a lot of mixed teams, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, Mick has a knack, uh, for obviously making the tourney, uh, in general. I mean, the guy is just a maestro in terms of that. When Cincinnati and most of his teams made the Sweet 16, so he's been here. But you can just feel it. This guy's obsessed with winning, and um, I'm it, to the point it it makes him because Mick's not an asshole, but it makes you you can tell it tears him up, right? And he's miserable um, for it until he wins. He'll probably be miserable after that. And I love that quality. I love how he's handled this. Uh, I am satisfied with getting to the Sweet Sixteen. If this is the last game we have, I'm like okay with everything that we with has happened this season. Um, I mean, props to this team, the fight. Like, if we lost to St. Mary's, I would have been, like, kind of bleh, right? But going against a tough UNC team that's one of the hottest teams in the country, uh, I said that about Iowa a couple weeks ago, so um, we'll see. But, uh, you know, this team has shown that they're resilient, and I'm looking forward to a very competitive game. I will be upset if we just mail it in um, and don't give a fight, but... I, I'm satisfied. I don't know how about you, but especially with this group. It'll depend on how we play this game. Like you said, if we mail it in and just get crushed, then we are... Is that your dog? No. Yeah. Oh, maybe. Um, hi, Suki. We have a guest, a guest on the show today. She's um, dreaming, actually. It was her. 
Um, yeah, what I was saying is if we mail it in and we play like crap and lose by 20, then I think that's a failure. But going up against a, a good UNC team in a blue blood matchup, and if we show out and it's a close game and we end up losing, who am I kidding? I'm still going to be pissed. So I'm not going to be happy either way. <laughs> I, I, I'm glad you said it and I didn't have to. Um, so... Yeah, we'll see. Um, I I do want to just say one more thing before we sign off because we got to go. But NCAA, fuck your refs. This has been one of the most poorly officiated tournaments ever across the board. Like yeah. every single game, it just has had horrible, horrible refing, and it's like they all sent their refs to the Pac-12 to get trained. And now they're all worse for it because I just, it's not just us noticing it. Literally the, the entire nation is noticing how bad the refing is. So they need to do better there. I think we're easily triggered though, because we deal with it nonstop. So if anybody else in the nation needs explanation, we can just tell you, this is what we've been through. We know it, you know. We're very we're experts in this area of calling out shitty refs. So, uh, reach out to us at one eight hundred Bruin Source, um, and we can go. Yeah, over we're your we're your ref complaint. ref um, syndrome hotline here. <laughs> yeah, uh, but if I your team gets screwed point. over by the refs, please give us a call. We will talk you off the ledge. Oh, uh, we need more ad uh, infomercials. Those those would be great. Especially during a tournament. Let's launch one <laughs> right in CBS. Oh, God. Well, all right. Um, with that, I mean, other sports are going on, but unfortunately you're going to take a backseat because we have been consumed by the madness. So while we're in this episode of March Mania, uh, we will be signing off and, and probably not sleeping until Friday. Or New Orleans. No. Just gonna say that. No sleep till New Orleans. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) And we're off. Go Bruins. All right, go Bruins.